Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and we'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Hello and welcome back to the special preview edition of Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg and I have a lot to live up to in this podcast because last season I correctly predicted the winner. Really? Really? So soon? That's how we're starting. Yeah, so soon. Okay. And that that uh, voice you hear there uh, questioning me uh, once again is my co-host, Jessica Lewis, who may be slightly familiar with one of the returning players this season. I might be just slightly. And and who would that returning player be? Oh, he's my savior, David Wright. <laughs> he's one of my favorite people ever. Love David. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have a lot to talk about in relationship to David because obviously I know his gameplay very well. Yeah. And, you know, um, you said you have uh, a lot to be thankful for with him. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about this and I do, too, because I think we at least partially have David Wright to thank for you being on this podcast. You think so? Yeah, because if he hadn't played his idol on you, you would have gone out much earlier. Oh, I know. And then no one would have remembered who I was. And yeah, I, you'd, it would have been, been a, a way. Well, and it, it also, it, it wouldn't have been a good look, quite honestly. I know. You'd have gone out insisting that, you know, no, these people weren't turning on you. Listen, that's, um, that's there was things that people did not see. They did not see oh, yeah. what was going on with Sunday, but regardless, that's a different season. Yes. But yes, I would have yes. gone out much earlier. And yeah, you probably would have been like, Jessica, who? We don't want her right. on this podcast. I mean, and also, quite honestly, you might not have been interested in being as you know, active on social media. That's so, true. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, I have so, kind of a legacy now because I'm, I'm one of three people who picked the rock. So I had to really own that's it. Right. And that's what I've done. I've owned it. That's right. So thank you, David. Yeah, see, so we're both winners as far as David is concerned. <laughs> and we also have David to thank for that incredible soundbite that you like to use all the time. I, I don't know what you're talking mm, about. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> David and Michelle, we can thank them both for that. That's right. That's right. I played it for him uh, for his birthday. I, I, I sent him a a little video of it uh, for his birthday. And he said, you know, that's still painful. 
was the funniest challenge to watch. I would have loved to have actually been in the challenge, but obviously someone needs to sit out. So I did at least get to enjoy it. And that was pure comedy. Obviously, the viewers got to watch it, too. But to see it in real life, quite entertaining. Very, very funny. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like you said, it gave me the uh, the great soundbite. Yes, so, it's a good soundbite. Surprised so, you don't have uh, it keyed up already. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I haven't been right about anything yet. Oh, give it time, I guess. Give it so, time. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, so if there are any uh, newcomers to this podcast, and I hope there are, they're probably scratching their heads, but you'll, you know, you'll figure it out eventually. And welcome to the podcast. Uh, for those of you who have listened before, welcome back. Uh, for anyone new, let me uh, bring you up to speed here and uh, give you a brief history and summary of the podcast. So once the season begins in a couple weeks here, well, really less than a couple weeks, uh, we will be here every week to discuss what each voted out player did right and wrong in terms of rules I originally wrote way back after the first Survivor season, and I've been updating ever since. Uh, discussions about each player used to appear in my columns on the website Reality News Online, which I created and ran for a long time, but which I had to close down a, a number of years ago. But then the column was reborn as a podcast with Rob Sesternino and me a couple years ago. And it might be more than a couple years ago now. I think we're, uh, we're, we're past a couple. We're definitely into a few or several mm -hmm. here. And then we switched things up and of course brought you Jessica on board a few seasons ago. Yes. And that was such an unexpected ask. I was, I was certainly not expecting to hear from either you or Rob to say, Hey, we were interested in having you join kind of take over for Rob, which scared the bejesus out of me because <laughs> that's a really big ask right there. And I, and I thought the world of you already, I really enjoyed your podcast. And I unfortunately was someone who didn't know about David Bloomberg until I went out and played Survivor, and I really wish I had known about David Bloomberg before I played Survivor. So <laughs> people take note, if you want to play the game, you need to listen to this podcast because David will definitely help you do better, for sure. As will Jessica. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned so, from you, David. <laughs> well, you're, you're the one who's been out there for 30 days. I know, so. I was. The boy, that, so. I wish it was 39. It should have been 39. Well, yes, yes. All right. Uh, so today, obviously, we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about the players uh, that are coming up soon and make some predictions, as you'd expect for a preview show. We will also address how we think they'll do overall with some of the rules and uh, discuss a few tweaks to those rules as well. But uh, before we get to that, how has your uh, relatively brief winter off season been other than freezing cold? Insanely busy. I have been so busy with work. It's really been, I can't complain. I love my job, but just very, very inundated with work. And it's, it's just a constant presence in my life, which is fine. It should be, but when you have to bring it home and it takes up the weekends and now a podcast is starting, which will also take up my weekends. I think my husband is really excited about what's to come. <laughs> so I will, I will continue to be busy, but yeah, I mean, things have, things have been good. I really can't complain about much. I mean, I guess work is good because, you know, I love what I do and it, it keeps me motivated and, and keeps me, keeps me sharp. So that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, not bored. Yes, exactly. I mean, I, I, 
I don't know. My job is one that obviously is is very demanding, but I'm certainly not bored with any of it. So, yeah, so it's it's everything's been very, very good. And I hope the same for you. Yeah. You know, luckily, uh, this off season wasn't as uh, eventful as the summer off season for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, no uh, big medical issues or anything. And uh, I was very excited, as uh, people on Twitter know, to get a surprise gift from you in which you worked with the artist and former player, Eric Reichenbach, yes. who does all the cartoons for Stephen Fishback's um, uh, People Blog. Yes. To, and so he, the two of you worked together to create images representing each of the rules, which you sent me as an awesome poster. So, again, people on Twitter, you've already seen this and it's truly amazing. I was so blown away by what he put together. I had an idea in my head of what I wanted and what I envisioned. And then he sent me like his, this is like his rough draft. And I almost died. I could not believe how much he was able to fit and cram in there. And he made it look so great. And then we talked back and forth about some different images. Absolutely stunning, stunning work. Love it so much. And I was so excited and I couldn't wait to give it to you. So I was, <laughs> it was so it was a long process. Unfortunately, I'm very bad at gift giving because it's very well, slow. I think you're very well. I think you're very good at <laughs> gift giving. You have a pretty good history here. So well, the, I might be good at it, but I'm slow at it too. Because like I come up with an idea and I'm like, oh, that would be amazing. I need it in two weeks. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not going to happen. So Eric was great working with me on it, and I was very. Happy to send it to you. And I'm glad that the response from people who have seen it is so positive because, you know, maybe if they would like a poster, eh, we could work something out, you know? Okay. All right. So everybody uh, stay tuned for that, both on Twitter and uh, here on the podcast. I'm sure we'll have more information about that. Yeah. So definitely go check it out because it's, it's really quite impressive. And I did, I did need to have a place on the poster. I thought it seemed appropriate. So I do <laughs> have a place on the poster because you know, Eric understood. So I thought yes, it worked as out. Well, well, you should. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. So, all right. Well, you know, speaking of those rules, uh, the new version of them w- titled What Edge of Extinction Survivors Should Have Learned doesn't really have any changes to the rules themselves. Uh, nothing major but rather has some additional explanations and examples. For instance, I added mention of Jeremy from last season in rule number one because of the way he not only wanted to wait until his tribe lost a challenge before strategizing, but he actively campaigned against anyone else scheming and called out people for doing so in a tribal meeting that that he pulled together. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, mind you, I could have used his behavior in many of the rules as examples of what not to do. But that's the one in particular where I mentioned him. That was a could crazy also, moment. That was a crazy. Yeah, moment. I could also, you know, if I wrote rules for what not to do uh, after the game is over, I probably <laughs> you know, could have used him as a prime example there. That's too. true, too. Yeah. Uh, so then in rule two, I added a discussion about big moves and you can envision those as capitalized big moves. Um, When I was reviewing the rules, I was actually surprised that this wasn't already in there because we've talked about it so much here on the podcast. Mm. And so I just kind of presumed I had put it in at some point, but I hadn't. And basically, as we've said here multiple times, just because Jeff Probst and production wants you to make big moves for the TV show 
doesn't mean it's actually in a player's best interest to do so if they want to win the game. Right. And of course, that is the goal of the rules. It says it at the beginning. This is for anyone who wants to win the game. If you just want to go have an experience, have fun. We'll still talk about why you lost, but <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, as we start to getting to the players in a few minutes here, we're going to see several of the new the newbies talk about big moves once we get to that portion. So something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the third thing was in Appendix A, I added to the discussion of voting out the weak than the strong in terms of the merge time, because we've seen that the strongest players aren't necessarily voted out specifically at the merge, but rather around that time frame. You know, the actual merge vote recently has turned into a time to vote out someone easy, much like the beginning of the game. And so it's, you know, more around the merge time rather than specifically at that vote. Right. So, so those were the most significant additions and um, a, a new version. This new version should be posted soon and that will appear at Rob has a website.com slash survivor rules. So as we will discuss in a little while here, this is, you know, another thing that we're going to, uh, to see. I, I noticed several players talking about how they want to make those big moves that I just mentioned and be memorable. And I feel like this is a direct reaction to how Laurel was perceived. Oh my God. How many people mentioned her too? It was crazy because they had just finished watching ghost Island. Right. And apparently they didn't listen to my explanations about Laurel's actions and just went with the groupthink answers instead. So shame on them. They clearly were not listening to our podcast. Yes. Uh, but in any case, it will be interesting to see if people go far in that opposite direction, because I think some of them might. I do, too. I do think that a lot of the people that are coming into this game have this idea in their head that they do want to be memorable and they do want to make those moves. I feel like this is, there's a very, there's a lot of really strong personalities here. So I'm fearful for quite a few of them that they are going to overplay. They're going to come in too strong, too hard, too fast because yes, they're concerned about appearing to be Laurel-esque because there were so many of them that talked about Laurel and how she didn't, she didn't make the move and she just, she waited too long. And, and I, I, I do feel like it's like this knee jerk reaction by quite a few of them that they don't want to be that. And so they think they have to be something polar opposite. And I do think it's going to come back and bite quite a few of them in the butt. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe a good timing to, uh, add that into the rules there and, you know, we'll see who these people might be as we uh, as we move along here. So uh, with with those preliminaries done, I think it's time to start talking about the new contestants. Uh, we'll bring we'll begin with the uh, Kama tribe and uh, you can remember them. Uh, just just uh, think of the song. Kama, 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 Chameleon. You did it! So, <laughs> so, uh, so. Uh, someone put out a a very good image of that, just showing uh, the the tribe name multiple times and then the, the chameleon. So that's how you know, because normally I don't remember tribe names. This one I'll remember. I know it, it's it's so easy to remember now because of that. It's great. So, uh, but but 
We'll go in alphabetical order by first name, but we're going to start with the returning players first. Wait, you're going by first name too? Man, you totally screwed me up. Anyway, oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I I never remember anyone's last name. I know. I'll be no, flipping, right, so. so just be prepared. Oh, okay. okay. So the first one is Aubrey, and she is a 32-year-old marketing manager. Uh, but of course, that's not why we know her. We know her because she played on Korong and Game Changers. And, you know, just when we thought she was done with this game, she's back again. Uh, and, and I have to tell you, I love almost everything about Aubrey, except her love for astrology and repeated mentioning of it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this time she says she wants to have fun and be more open, but she also knows she's coming in as a threat. Now, I do think it's good that the last people saw of her was Game Changers instead of Korong. Yeah. So maybe they won't all have the mental picture of her as the player who should have won, which, uh, you know, a lot of people still think, but at least that won't be the first thought that comes to their mind. But, you know, almost everyone will know she's a serious player and they need to be wary of her. And, you know, the question is whether that will mean the others will immediately target her. Mm. I'm going to say no. I, I don't think they will. I think she'll get the benefit of Survivor fandom on her side, which will allow her to stick around for a while, which could be dangerous to the others, because if she starts making allies, it will be that much more difficult to get rid of her later. Yes. And I do think that her thought process coming into the game, I loved this one phrase that she said, is that people remember how you make them feel, not what you say to them. She's she seems to be focusing a lot on on how she can actually utilize her experience to help others and to kind of mother them if they need mothering or help them through this. I mean, I, I think she's going to utilize that as a really good strength and help people get through the game. I think she's really going to be focusing on that. At least that's what it sounded like, which would be good for her, because then I think people will kind of forget that she is so strategic if they just think, oh, she's really trying to help us and she's really supporting me and she understands how I feel and she's been here and she gets it. So I'm going to listen to her. And I think that could work to her benefit. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, I think the most likely end for Aubrey will be if she gets stuck in a bad position on a swap tribe. You know, I mean, she, she might get love early on her own tribe, but if she's exposed in a swap, I think the others are going to vote her out as soon as they can. Yeah, that could be that could be a problem for her. If she loses some core people that really, I think, latch onto her and and, and want to utilize her in that fashion. I mean, I, I keep thinking of Boston Rob when he came back. The I don't know the. 25th time he played (laughs) and ended up winning but he really had that like big brother persona about him and he really wanted he he didn't seem threatening to anyone because he wanted to help everyone and he really took people under his wing and I feel like she could pull that off but yeah she's she needs to be able to hold on to those people that see that about her and that realize that she's there or at least think she's there to help them otherwise yeah she could be in a tough spot Yeah. Now, I think one thing uh, that's different, you know, about Boston Rob's situation is uh, most of the other players were not exactly 
players. Well, that's true. We have a bunch of super fans that people right. that love the game that that like we said want to make big moves and be memorable. And how much more memorable could you be unless you you know you vote out Aubrey? You know, I mean that that, right. that could be your your one claim to fame is that you you got her out of the game. So I could see that definitely being an issue with these types of players. Yeah. All right. So we move on to Joe, who is a 29 year old artist, but of course we know him from worlds apart and second chance. And I'm not going to lie. And it probably comes as no surprise, but Joe is not one of my favorite players. When I saw the list of the four, who were coming back. I was like, Oh, I like three of them. Uh, you know, he, he's the one I'm least excited about seeing again as a return, but he's Joey. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Listen, he's, he's rocking a, a crazy mustache. So yeah. we can have some appreciation for that. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think that Joe is, He's just he's one of those types of players that I think Jeff Probst really loves a lot. You know, the yeah. the 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 man bun and, you know, swimming and the fishing and the outdoorsy kind of person. And he's just he's you know, he meditates. I mean, he's just got that kind of persona about him. And and that's obviously, I think, a character type that we see quite a bit on the show. But he's one of the ones that has escalated or has come, you know, risen to the top. Of that group. I think, oh, yeah. I think, you know, Joe definitely plays, he plays exceptionally well. He plays very hard. He said this time he's going to play smarter, not harder. So maybe we'll see a different Joe. Yeah. I mean, he says that. And I went back and forth, you know, looking at the preview stuff, he seems to me to be basically the same Joe we've seen before, which obviously isn't exactly a compliment from a strategic standpoint when I'm saying it. He told ET Canada that he wants to make friends and have a great experience together. Yay. Yay. <laughs> experience and friends. Yay. Yeah, but he's That's, doing that because he doesn't you know, want to be seen as a threat. So he's trying yeah, to kind of balance things gonna, out. That's not going to change anything because he can balance things out, you know, in, in challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, he balances quite well. But, you know, <laughs> he, he, he talks about being a lifelong fan, but I, I still don't think he understands the actual game element you know he he did tell josh some things that he should be saying about playing a better game uh he he said he thinks he played emotionally and he wants to make sure he's part of all the conversations and be very genuine with people and and that's those are decent observations if he follows through with them but then he went and put something in his bio that i simply cannot abide he said the player he's most like <laughs> As a survivor player was Kim Spradley. I did notice that and it made me chuckle. Now, no, no, he's nothing like Kim Spradlin as a survivor player. And it makes me go back to questioning his whole understanding of the game, unless he was joking. But I saw no indication there were some of the some of the bios, which we'll get to of the returning players. Had, were were very amusing. They were I saw no other they were indication so funny. that his that he was trying to be funny here. Um so so anyway, but okay, with all this said, I'm gonna say any tribe would be stupid to vote him out early. Oh yeah. Because of his challenge abilities. Mm -hmm. They should vote him out 
right before they think the merge is coming or as soon as he loses an individual immunity after the merge. Yeah, they're definitely going to need him. That's for sure. So I, I do think that he's he's going to be in there for the long haul. He's going to make the merge. But yeah, then they're really going to have to keep their eye on him. But again, we have players here and I have to see who's OK. So I know we're probably going to get to Ron, but he might be targeted well, so. for other reasons, because some of the things that were said in in the pregame interviews, someone like Ron, who we'll talk about um, whenever we get to his name in the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> you Don't know, I could, I, I know I'm being facetious here, um, but I mean, I could be concerned for someone like, I, I really, I, yes, I think, you know, Joey Amazing might, uh, might have some issues when it comes to Ron. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. And I mean, obviously the twist this season, the edge of extinction, the extinction Island twist this season, which we really haven't brought up because, well, I don't like it, but, um, <laughs> but um, obviously it is tailor made for someone like Joe. It really is. Yes. You know, yeah. because even if he is voted out early for some strange reason, he'll probably just come back at the merge. And if he's voted out at the merge, he'll probably come back at final five or six or wherever it is that they're bringing him back. So, yeah. Is it possible he makes it to the end by virtue of having you know, won his way off of Extinction Island. Yeah, I think it is. As a matter of fact, I think that's what Jeff Probst is hoping for. It is certainly not what I'm hoping for. <laughs> well, it'll be so, interesting, at least. I want. No, I want. It'll be annoying. I'll throw things at my television set. Just please make sure you tweet about it when you do, because that will be fun. Well, it won't be fun if I hit my television set. No, that's that's true. You don't want to do know. that. But yeah, this whole Extinction Island we haven't really talked about, but I do, you, yeah, you're going to need some serious survival chops if you're going to make it out there, at least from what we've heard about the description of it. You know, it's rather barren. There's not going to be much, and they really are going to have to actually survive. Yeah. Yeah. Someone like, someone like Joe is certainly going to be able to thrive in an environment like that, and other people, probably not so much. So right. there is a good chance that... This could definitely benefit him. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And yeah, I, you know, I, I, I said before that I, we haven't talked about it cause I don't like it. And, and well, that's partially true, but the main reason is it, it really doesn't fall into any of the rules and it doesn't, it's just outside of the strategic and social game, which is what we focus on. So yeah, you know, we'll just have to see which I guess, you know, we probably should have put this in the preview, but what the heck I forgot. So we'll discuss it now. Uh, people have asked, well, how are you going to do the podcast exactly? Because, you know, someone may get voted out, but they may not leave for weeks. Yeah, but they still and, got voted out. Right. And so that's what we're going to do. We will have we will be here every week. Uh, I have heard that there will be no exit interviews, so we will have one less piece of information to use, but we we will be here every week. We will talk about the person who got voted off. Yes, we will still be calling ourselves Why Blank Lost, because for most of them, that will be when they lose. Even if they hang around Extinction Island for a while, when they got voted off, that's essentially when they lose. Right. And then if someone comes back on and they get voted out again, 
we will talk about why blank lost again. Yes. Uh, so, and the thing is, know, is that none of the players that are in the game know that Extinction Island exists, and they're not going to know until they get voted out. So, all of the reasons, or until uh, the merge, I guess. Yeah. Well, but I think that's when the first person comes back is the merge. Uh, so that's see, I don't know out. about that, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. But see, and at least up to that point, their decisions for voting people out are going to be things that we would consider normally, I guess, after the merge. Well, maybe the considerations will change. Yeah. So we'll, you know, we'll be here every week. We'll make it work. Uh, that's right. All right. Moving on uh, after that uh, slight tangent there. Uh, we have the first new player, and that's Aurora. Oh, my God. I and can't believe you did this by first name. We always do it by first name. Listen, this is not new. I've, uh, it's been a while. You know, I've I've been busy. Now I have to find her wherever she is. I should have put tabs in my papers. Oh my goodness! I have to keep track of Eric because he's coming up. Okay, there's there's Aurora. All right, got okay. her. Good. So Aurora is a 32 year old divorce attorney who really likes her job. Uh, Jeff Probst told Entertainment Weekly that he thinks she is strong and opinionated. And one of those opinions is in her pet peeves list, where she says she lists, uh, where she lists know-it-alls as a pet peeve. Now, luckily, she didn't say anything about Why Blank Lost podcast, so we should be safe. Yeah, we should be good. <laughs> okay. But uh, the, the more I read and hear from Aurora, the more I like her. Uh, she says she's going to bring her analytical skills and that she's good at going into a situation, knowing what she wants, reading others, finding out what drives them, and then manipulating the situation to make them think her goal is their goal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she also told Josh that you can't force someone to play your game, which I think is a very insightful because lots of people try it. Mm -hmm. She said, you have to figure out how to get someone else to think your game is their game. Yes. Yeah, and that's great. I, like I said, I, I think that is very good planning on her part. And, and it, you know, good preparation to do the necessary scheming and plotting for Rule 1. She also has a lot to say about how she won't let her emotions control her, as she told Josh that in her job, she obviously can't get involved emotionally, which I think will allow her to be more objective here. Uh, she said she'll probably cry in the game, but, you know, that that's for other reasons. And she loves the cutthroat aspect of things. The, the concern I do have with her, though, and I agree with everything you've said, I think that there are so many aspects of, of her life that have prepared her for the game that she should do exceptionally well. But she does own the fact that she's very stubborn and that she's mm -hmm. very direct. But she also thinks that that will be appreciated because she's going to be honest about it as well. You know, she has this idea that that even though she's she might be saying something you don't want to hear, you can trust me because I'm going to be honest with you. So I'm hoping that that doesn't backfire on her and that she's not a little too forceful and a little too honest where people don't appreciate it because that can happen as well. Yeah. And, you know, she said that when that happens, she plans to follow up and say she handled it wrong and ask forgiveness. And that that is also the part I'm not thrilled about. Mm -hmm. But I, I, at least she has a plan to address what she sees as a possible situation of her true personality coming out. Right. Uh, you know, 
I mean, the other thing is she is, she said she's fine with being a villain and says that being a villain doesn't necessarily involve being mean. And I agree. You know, some of the players that other people think of as villains in this game are heroes in my book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of how you look at it. And she said that, you know, people expect her to be ruthless, you know, as part of her job, and she will be ruthless. And I think this attitude could get her very far in the game as long as she doesn't blow up too much to repair. Yes. And that's that's the one concern I have for her. I love that she is able to come into this game to not caring what the world thinks of her because she's not concerned with she's like, I don't have kids. You know, my family's fine with it. My job, you know, all of that. And that is a huge weight, I think, off of a lot of people's shoulders. I mean, when you play this game, you you do worry what the world is going to think of you because we all have lives outside of the show and you don't want to negatively affect them. And she's kind of like, no, I don't care. Like it's not going to like, I'm, I'm coming in. I'm going to play this game. And I do hope that she's able to play it the way that she wants and that it's not going to be too over the top where she scares people and ends up mm, rubbing people the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, you mentioned, you know, that she doesn't, need to worry about what other people think. I think she said something that I, I laughed at, which was, you know, if she's too forceful and ruthless out there, well, it's like an advertisement for yes. you know, her job when she gets back. I'm so. so jealous of that. I think that's great. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I wish I would have been able to have been that way when I was out there, but you also have to remember where we come from and what we do. And for yeah. her, yeah, that's advertising. So good for her. <laughs> I like her. She seems like she's going to be fun. And she's also incredibly fit. So she'll be great in the challenges. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to Eric. Oh, look, see, I, I knew to, to That's right. be mindful of where he was. So he is a 35-year-old firefighter. And I saw he was from Chicago. And I got all excited for a moment because one thing that is hindering a Chicago know-it-alls live is not having contestants nearby because it seems like all the contestants from the Chicago area move after having been on the show. Uh, but then I saw he already moved to California. So that went out the window unless he's going to make a return trip to visit. He's family already right moved. Time. Well, that's not helpful. Yeah, he moved, uh, I think, straight out of college. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So in any case, Eric says that he's most like Tony as a player because he will be grinding all the time and working all the angles. And I like the attitude, but there can really never be another Tony. 
So Eric's going to have to tone it down from, you know, the, the Tony Heights quite a bit for, for that to work or else he'll end up getting voted out for scheming and plotting too yeah, much. Yeah, but here's the thing. He's not even a Tony. I mean, I didn't get a Tony vibe from him at all. Did you? Well, no, but that's what he was saying. I know, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to be a Tony, you're a Tony. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. like that's not something you pretend to be or like you have to lead up to. I mean, he was the most regular, down-to-earth kind of guy in his interviews that I really, I, I just don't see him pulling off a Tony because he doesn't, that's not who he is. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I can only report what they say. Oh, I know. Well, that's I not know. true. That's not <laughs> yeah. true. I can judge them mercilessly. You know, also. that is true. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but uh, Eric is uh, clearly a fan because he knew Josh from the wiggle room. And so, you know, maybe he listens to other RHAP podcasts too. Hi, Eric. Um, Hi. Yeah, it, it worries me somewhat that he said in interviews that he didn't really know how he could prepare other than watching a lot. And to that, I say, well, you listen to strategy podcasts. Yeah, uh, but but it, at least he set up some axioms to play by, including playing to win. Yeah, that's good. And taking whatever road leads to the best chance to do so. Uh, you know, these may seem straightforward, but not everybody follows that. And so. You know, it'll be interesting to see if he holds to that. Well, I I do think that Eric is he's going to be an interesting player to watch because he did seem, I've already said, so down to earth when he was when he was speaking in his interviews. So I'm I'm intrigued to see if he's really going to kind of come out of his out of the you know his shell and really and because he says he he wants to be a Tony. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, it, the fact that he only watched a YouTube video on how to make fire and didn't actually try. And he fast forwarded through the middle section because it was boring. <laughs> I I have some concerns for him, but I do think he'll be an asset in the challenges for a while. So he'll definitely hang around. And I there was a, there was an omen about Eric. I have to share when I was an in omen. An, an omen. It was crazy when I was driving home. I was listening to. Uh, first one out and it was during his interview and he was talking about being a firefighter and all the things that it means to him and how much he loves his job and, and really going in depth with, with what he does. And at that moment I'm driving and there's an overpass and going across overpass is a fire truck lights and sirens going to wherever they were going to put out a fire. And I was like, wow, look at that. So it was an omen. So either I don't know. He'll do really well or not. <laughs> I'm not sure. That's that. That's a good guess. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it could mean he's the first one out. It could mean he's going to win. It could mean absolutely nothing. But I thought it was fun. So I just figured I would share. So everyone just mark it down. The prediction has been made. He will either do very well <laughs> or he will not do very well. Because of the fire truck. Exactly. That's right. Because of the fire truck on the overpass. Listen, I need help with these predictions. All right. And that one. Yes. It, I don't know. I think you're going to you're you're going to hit 100 percent on that. I one. know. See, that one I'm safe because it just means something. But I did think it was weird. It was definitely weird. And I do. I feel like Eric is one of those unknowns just because he really does seem so just kind of relaxed and mellow about the whole thing. 
that I just, I don't know if he's going to get out there and just kind of play really relaxed and mellow and have people scratching their heads because they are such strong personalities that he's going to be playing with. They might Mm -hmm. love him or they might decide he's not helping them. I don't know. It's, he's a really, he's kind of an unknown. Okay. All right. So we move on to Gavin. And uh, you can start looking for Gavin while I uh, start, start with him. Uh, he's he's a uh, 23-year-old YMCA program director and super fan who also seemed to know Josh. Uh, so, you know, again, if he knows Josh, maybe he's listening. So, hi, Gavin. Hi, Gavin. Uh, he, uh, he wants to use his country boy accent to pretend to be honest. Uh, but he said previous country boys didn't have a strategic bone in their body. So he will combine first season JT. He was very clear about that uh, with Steven's brains and and play up being a dumb hick while keeping his super fandom under wraps. I love now, that. I seem to recall a recent country boy who used his accent to put people at ease, but was also strategic and even won the game. Do you remember his name? Mm. Um, mm. Who was that? Uh, oh, yeah. Nick. Nick. Um now, obviously, Listen, there, there, you. Was, there, was, there was no way Gavin would know what happened the previous season because you know, nobody had seen it yet. But I do find it funny that he described his strategy the way he did. So, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see if he also starts naming his alliances. Oh, if he does that, that would definitely be crazy. Yeah. Uh, people would be like, whoa, what is going on here? But, you know, I think if he sticks to his plans, he should do well in the scheming and plotting aspect of things anyway. I do too. And I mean, the guy definitely is someone I think to watch. I mean, Jeff said himself that Gavin could steal this game that, you know, he's, I do think that he's someone who is not going to be perceived as a threat right off the bat because he is going to have this kind of aw shucks attitude. But if he can pull it off, yeah, maybe we have another Nick on our hands. Who knows? But yeah, he's definitely someone that I was I was excited about. I think he he's coming into the game very prepared and has has a good plan in place because he has a plan that doesn't involve other people having to execute it with him. Like it's it's about himself and how he's going to put himself out there in hopes that he's perceived a certain way, but it's really just him having to do it. So I think it'll be it'll be good to watch. Yeah, I agree. And I love that uh, he called it? himself one of the words is hungry. Three words to describe yourself. Hungry. <laughs> like, oh, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what hungry means. Yeah, like right you're now. not even out there yet. Yeah. You will be hungry. be hungry. All right. <laughs> all right. Moving on to the next one. We have Julia, who is a 24 year old medical assistant uh, who watched Survivor as she was growing up. And uh, by now she's in medical school. Um, I have a good feeling about her. I can't necessarily explain why I just do. Uh, She says the player she'll be most like is Jeremy, which of course is a great target to shoot for. And, you know, she talks about how he was strategic in his use of idols, loyal to his alliance and overall honest and personable in his gameplay. Uh, The one thing that worries me is she said she doesn't want to ride coattails or not play the game. And she's there to change the game. Well, you know, Okay, yeah, Jeremy obviously wasn't riding coattails. He he was wearing the coat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but he was also there to win the game, not change the game. Right. 
So this is one of the people that we had alluded to earlier. I'm a little worried she could end up trying to make a big move that doesn't work out. And we'll end up talking about how she schemed and plotted too much. Yeah, but, she's definitely got a very strong personality. I mean, she she believes that her social game is going to be a great social game and that people will definitely come to her and she'll be able to utilize her work in the medical field to like get people to understand what she wants. But yeah, if her if her focus is about not just playing and not just trying to win, but having some lasting effect on the game of survivor that could be that could be disastrous if it goes if it goes poorly yeah so you know hopefully she'll realize when she's out there that that's not as important because you know barring that i think she'll do well and her favorite survivor season was millennials versus gen x so uh, who who was oh, she, they don't list sur- favorite player they just say who you're gonna play like so oh no she um, was asked in one of the uh et interviews like what was your favorite survivor season and yes. she was the one that said millennials versus gen x so yeah so i was well, good for her yeah so i was like like you even more now yes. <laughs> so that's good all right well next up is julie and really they put julie on the same tribe as julia you couldn't split them up here i but know anyway you know, and it took um, me a little while to realize that there was a Julie and a Julia. I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> these well, are two different people. Because, because someone else texted me and said, have you seen Julia's Twitter? And I looked at Julia's Twitter and I went, yeah, I, I've seen it. You know, what do you what are you saying about? It? Oh, no, sorry. I meant Julie's. And then it, it turned out he wasn't he, he had the wrong Twitter account for Julie as well. But it was really confusing because we had to go through this like three times. Yeah. Yeah, I, it took so. me a little while to realize that there was a Julie and a Julia. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Julie is a 46-year-old toy designer originally from Baltimore who actually has a school connection to my sister-in-law, though my sister-in-law is younger. Um, and, you know, but she grew up there as well. And Rosenberg, which, you know, this is the only time I'll mention someone's last name, but it is Julie Rosenberg. Well, that's my wife's maiden name. So. I pretty much have to root for Julia. There is no choice in the matter. Wait, Julie, not Julia. Julie. <laughs> you said Julia. You said I, I did not. You did. You're like, I have to root. Hey, listen, it's recording. You can go back and listen. I well, have I'm to root have for to. Julia. We're talking about Julie. Well, I'm rooting for Julia, too, but I have to root for Julie. Okay. Did I really? Oh, okay. <laughs> we can keep Listeners going. will know better than I do. They'll so. be fine. Uh, but anyway, you know, plus, plus Julie. Julie has uh, been a fan since the beginning. She originally applied 17 years ago. She's seen almost every season more than once. Uh, So, you know, all of those are good signs for her. Here's what I find most fascinating about Julie. In addition to the fact that the reason why she said she was going to win Survivor is because she is the least likely person to win Survivor. (laughs) I thought that was amazing. I think that only works on all-star seasons, oh, though. I, that, you know, but, but that was that was a great answer. She sounds just like Michelle Fitzgerald. Well, someone else said that, too. They said she, I think Josh said that. Oh, my word. First one out. Or he said she she looks like Michelle Fitzgerald, you know, uh, in, in you know, if, if she was time shifted. Yeah, and she definitely and she sounds like her. So I'm concerned that Aubrey is going to, like, have flashbacks or something. <laughs> She'll be like, <laughs> I'm voting you out. I can't, because I can't handle it. I have PTSD. Michelle is here. I, I was 
I mean, I think Julie seems like she's going to be very enjoyable. I am concerned for her being the, you know, she's the older woman on the tribe. And, and mm-hmm. sometimes that can definitely be uh, problematic. But, you know, I think she's probably, I'm hoping that she and, and Aubrey can can jive and that Aubrey doesn't look at her and go, my God, you sound like Michelle Fitzgerald. I don't know if she will. <laughs> but yes, I, I know Josh mentioned it. And then as soon as I heard her speak, I was I was floored at how much she sounds like her, too. Yeah. Now. You know, Jeff Probst gave Entertainment Weekly a bit of a spoiler by telling them he thought Julie would have a hard time based on what he saw in the marooning. And I can't remember him ever talking about, like, anything about the game having started in these preseason interviews. But he, you know, he said that she needs to find her footing and slow down to let others make their moves so they don't see her as the older woman. But then he also said something about how she should take on the mom role. when, of course, the mom role is the role of the older woman. So just being a little bit contradictory. there. Well, and he has he did talk about how the new players responded to seeing the returnees, which really fascinates me. And I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. Sorry, Julie. But I'm curious because the new players were talking about also that there were 16 players and so they thought there was four more coming but there's only 14 so i don't know how the math is getting all like skewed but um but they kept talking about there being you know anyway but the uh how did they actually like keep them all separated because if you think about it if the returning players never got to see the newbies then they're kind of I think at a disadvantage because you spend that time in Ponderosa kind of studying people and making determinations about them and kind of making a connection with people non-verbally. And if they don't have that time with them, it seems kind of unfair. Yeah, well, you know, I, I guess they just wanted to keep it as a surprise. I, I was under the impression that the two returnees on each tribe didn't know who the other returnees were either. I think they kept them all separate. Yes. And that's what it sounded like as well. Like uh, Kelly talked about David and David talked about Kelly, like traveling together. So they, they definitely kind of kept that separate too. Uh, to me, I, I don't know. I mean, that was that part of the, the game, even though it hasn't officially started yet, does really have an effect on, on who you end up playing with because you have a chance to really make observations of people and really try to understand how people are and different things you do. And I mean, we hear this in their preseason um, interviews and, oh, this one was cutting in line and, and was being mean to the staff and people take that into consideration. And so if you don't have that, I feel like it's, it's just, it's not fair. It's not, you're not in an even playing field, but then again, these are returning players and they're newbies, but still you, right. you, you miss that, that time to really assess people. Yeah. Although, you know, if it were up to me, everyone would be kept separately and it would be a shorter Ponderosa. I mean, I don't really know everything they do there beforehand, but if it were up to me, you know, everyone would be basically in solitary confinement because I don't like watching a game where certain things happen and we're like, why does, you know, this person hate that other person all of a sudden? Oh, yeah. Oh, you later find out because they cut in line at the food tent. Oh, yeah. No. And, and, and trust me. And it has, you know, nothing to do with it. Rob's talked about that, um, you know, in the pregame that uh, someone was running up and down stairs and pissed off a member of the tribe. Yeah. 
before the game even started. Mm-hmm. Well, no, let's let's keep the game in the game. And so, you know, that's that's my vote. But of course, my vote doesn't matter. No. And I do think that it's one of those unexpected parts of Survivor. Like you don't they don't tell you that that's what's going to happen before you go out there. And then you get out right. there and you're with these people, but you're not allowed to speak to these people. And nobody knows when the game is actually going to start. So you really have no idea, like, how long am I going to be sitting here? How long do I have to just stare at this person and not talk to them? And you really have no clue when the game is going to start. And so it's it's a very strange environment. And it's a strange thing to be a part of because it obviously can have an effect on the game that you play later. But yeah, I agree because it's not part of the game and it's not something that is seen on TV. So. It can be confusing for people, but I don't know. It's it's I obviously they have a reason for why they do it, but um, but yeah, it is it is rather lengthy. That's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, getting back to Julie. Sorry, Julie. Um, no, yeah, it happens. Uh, she told Josh that she thinks she can handle the challenges and the social aspect. She feels that she's likable and not in your face, and she'll play the game you know with both her brain and her heart. And unlike Eric, she not only watched a video, but she has fire making down after practicing at home. And uh, she isn't coming in with a specific game plan, but just expects to be flexible, which obviously is good. Uh, And, you know, she said she doesn't feel like a cutthroat person, but she's not there to lose. Yeah, I, I do like Julie. I think that she's she seems rather laid back, but also. She understands where she's coming from when she's walking into this game, which I do appreciate when people can look at themselves and know where I'm coming from and how is this going to fit in with the people I'm playing this game with. I like her. Yeah. So now we get to the R's. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness you're uh, telling me. Yes, that would be Ron Clark. And uh, the only reason I'm mentioning his last name is because he is a 46 year old. He's so impressive. So, uh, My God. He, he told ET Canada that people have told him to let the game come to him, but he knows he's aggressive. And in that vein, he's going to try to get an alliance on day one and hold it together till the end, which is an element of the first rule, as long as he doesn't overplay it. Well, yeah, but he's well, not going to be flexible. We'll, we'll have to see. But uh, he's he's been watching since the beginning. Uh, he says he's a competitor. Uh, he has practiced past puzzles by freeze framing the TV and printing them out like Spencer did. Uh, but he also knows that if you volunteer for the puzzle and you fail, it could be quite bad for you. Yes, absolutely. And he's the one that I feel like is definitely going to be gunning for Joe because he did say that if he could bring like, three things to the island. One of the things he wanted to bring was a returning player so he could target them. And I was like, oh my God, he has no idea what's actually happening. Because again, we talked about how we don't think that they've actually seen any of the returning players until the game starts. So I feel like Ron, I don't think he'd go after Aubrey right away. I think he would be more inclined to go after Joe just because I feel like that would be more of an aggressive move for him. And if he wants to play aggressively, which sounds like he's an aggressive person and he has very aggressive movements. I don't know if you noticed that, but when he talks, he was very kind of aggressive about it. But, uh, but, and he, and he 
three words to describe himself. He includes mean girl. So I just, I could see that being like his goal is I'm going to get Joe out. And I feel like that's going to kind of seep into his mind. And that's really going to drive his game because he, he said it pregame before he even knew what was happening. Yeah. Well, if he, if he does, I mean, you know, we talked about it. I don't think people are going to go for Joe early. And so if he tries to take that path and no one follows him, that could be bad for him. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Like, I feel like it's going to become almost all consuming for him that like that's what he's going to want to do. And he's going to want to take Joe out and then maybe Aubrey because, you know, she's also a returning player. But yeah, and it could be it could be very bad for him. Absolutely. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I feel like he might go early. And I'm not sure if it will be due to overplaying, due to volunteering for the puzzle after all, or something else, because he mentioned that he got seasick, but he was hiding it. And, you know, they spend a lot of time on those on those boats, you know, Mm -hmm. better than I do. They do. If, If he gets sick on the boat to the marooning or to or from a challenge, it could look like weakness to the others. And he's already the quote unquote older guy, even though he's younger than me. Um, You know, so I I worry about him. Oh, I worry about him too. I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, I said he's an impressive individual. His, what he's done in his life is incredible. I just absolutely amazing with the school he's been able to create and everything that he's been able to do with that. But yeah, I do have some legit concerns about him playing this game because I think someone with such a strong personality like his, where he really does kind of take control. I mean, look at look at what he's created. And it's it's this incredible school. And he has all of these students that look up to him and all of these people that look up to him. And God, Oprah Winfrey thinks he's amazing. You know, so I mean, you're like, that's the person that you're dealing with. And he might not be able to keep it in check when he's out there. So I worry about him. I really do. I think that he might end up just kind of becoming, you know, he's, he might come on too strong. And then if he starts talking about voting out Joe early on or even Aubrey, and that gets back to Joe or Aubrey, it could definitely backfire on him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. So we move on to the final person of this tribe, uh, someone who is half the age of uh, Ron and Julie. And that is Victoria, the 23-year-old waitress, who says her personal claim to fame is that she was valedictorian of her college with a perfect 4.0 GPA, and she brings it up in conversation as much as possible. That seems odd, (laughs) especially for a waitress. Okay, thank you. You said it. Listen, Um, she's super cute, but come on. You're a waitress and you had a 4.0 valedictorian of your college. What's happening? Well, for, I, I didn't even know colleges had valedictorians, first of all. Maybe it's small colleges do. I went to a big college, and so did my son. So Yeah, now um, I have to remember. Did we have any? I mean, We I definitely guess you, had one in my law school. There was a valedictorian, okay. and I don't know if she's listening, but she gave a horrendous speech. It was not impressive. <laughs> I'm just saying. But the guy who was That's president. That's why we didn't pick her for this podcast. I know. The guy who was president of my law school uh, graduating class. Gave a phenomenal speech because he was like funny and personable and just a, a just a great guy, not like a super book brainiac. She was a super book brainiac. Not that anything's wrong with that, but anyway, I'm. I digress. <laughs> we can yeah, talk I mean, obviously, I guess if you have a perfect GPA, that automatically makes you valedictorian. You know, um, true. But like I said, I, I anyway talking about it just 
it just seems odd. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it's I, like, I mean, how do you work that into conversation? Right. Yes. Uh, uh, so uh, what do you have for uh, for lunch? Oh, you want the uh, you want the hamburger? Would you like a 4.0 GPA with that? Oh, sorry. No, I had that. <laughs> that would be funny. That would definitely be funny. But yeah, I, I was quite baffled by that myself. So. But she she has Boston Terriers. So I, I love her for that because she oh, has okay. she likes dogs and she has a okay. Boston Terrier. But anyway. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I hope she doesn't bring up, you know, being valedictorian in Fiji because I just can't imagine it will win her a lot of allies. But yeah. You know, she's been a fan since she was six years old. She wrote college application essays about Survivor. And she did say she's smart enough to know that without alliances and bonds, you will never win, though she's not afraid to lie and backstab, which is good news for her in the rule number one area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but but what worries me is, <laughs> here, we, here we are again. She told Josh. She wants to be a memorable player and not boring. She wants to make big, bold moves, though, you know, she says she won't go guns blazing and doing stupid things right away. But she's basically suggesting she may do it at some point, which raises the usual rule two problems and the big moves problems we were just talking about. Yeah, she's one that definitely has a very strong personality and I and I I'm fearful that she is not going to keep that contained and keep that in a box because obviously someone who is obviously very proud of herself she the GPA if if she feels like bringing that up in conversation is something that she should do and she does it as often as she can I can't see her containing her excitedness and her desire to play the game and wanting to make these big moves and tell people what to do that's kind of the perception I get from her is that she's going to be a little too much, a little too fast, and a little too soon. And someone like Aubrey is probably not going to like that very much. Just guessing. So in addition to everything we've talked about already, Victoria told ET Canada that she went back to rewatch seasons to pick up good strategies. So that's a good thing. And she looked at the first people voted off from many seasons to see why with the revelation that they were mostly annoying. So. Hopefully she will see that and not be that. Uh, so I guess we'll just have to see. And on top of that, she practiced uh, fire and balance. And she even read how to make friends and influence people. But, you know, considering what we were talking about, I'm hoping that the review of first boots will will help her the most. Yeah. I mean, she did say that she believes she's going to be good socially. And but again, she mentions needing to build a resume. So there's that idea floating around out there. But she wanted to downplay her being a triple threat. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to go there. Laurel. Triple threat. That's what she said about herself. That She was a triple threat that she brings all three things that people need to win this game. And I think it was beauty, bronze and brain. Like, that's what she referenced. Oh, I thought she was a singer, a dancer and an actor. But that was exactly what Laurel said about herself before she played the game. And you know, I think Laurel is a great person, but we've already talked about Laurel a little bit. And, you know, Laurel called herself a triple threat before she walked into that game. And, you know, and, and I don't if you are looking at yourself and believing so highly of of the factors that you bring into this game that make you that triple threat. I don't know if you're 
you're overshooting or you're, it just seems to me like you have to maybe be a little more like Julie where you're like, eh, you know, I'm, I'm going to win because I'm not the type of person that usually wins. You know? <laughs> so like, because, because then your expectations are not so high going into the game that like, I'm this triple threat and I have to win. So I have some concerns that she might, she might come in a little, a little too fast. Okay. All right. So looking back at the uh, comma tribe, um, I would say that I'm most worried about Ron as potentially being the first one out. How about you? Oh, on this tribe? No, I think it's going to be Victoria, honestly. And Ron was my second. He was my backup. And and the only reason I didn't end up picking Ron is because I'm thinking the tribe is going to be interested in keeping him around for challenges because he's um, he might. I don't I'm saying he might be stronger um he's a taller guy so that might there might be some benefits for them in the challenges keeping ron but ron was definitely on my list of potentials but i'm i'm more concerned about victoria because i just feel like i don't know aurora has a strong personality but i think aurora is going to play it differently because it's like aurora is going to own it she knows it about herself and she's going to own it and she's going to utilize it in her gameplay where I feel like Victoria wants to downplay the fact that she's a triple threat. So she's not, she's not going to be owning it in the sense where she's just going to be like, well, this is who I am and I just have to try to downplay it. And I don't think she's going to be able to really put herself in a box and and keep a lid on it. I think Victoria is going to have, she's going to have some issues because you've got Aurora, you've got Aubrey and you've got Julia who are all very strong players and i feel like they are not going to necessarily appreciate victoria coming out of the gate like that but i could be wrong obviously i've been wrong <laughs> quite no. a bit. oh no but yeah never I, but i do have i do have legit concerns for victoria okay all right well now it's uh time to move on to the manu tribe and i i do not have a song for the manu tribe uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I do have, you know, uh, I'm, I'm work from work, Manu Manu, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best I can do there. And uh, so we'll once again start with the returning players. Uh, and then we will go in alphabetical order. But uh, because you're in charge of this tribe, <laughs> we'll go by last name. We're and switching I'll have it up a little one. bit. We're going to keep I'll people to guessing. Absolutely. Me. So we're going to start with Kelly Wentworth the returning player and see now I'm flipping because she's actually at there we go I found Kelly so everybody knows Kelly probably hopefully 31 year old previous returning player from Seattle she was on second chances and I'm gonna say this wrong San Juan del Sur did I say it right No, you said it right excellent so I think she's more known for her second opportunity to come out and play the game her she yeah. and her father played together on the first time she played and it was a little bit of a, a rough go for her because she was playing with her dad as much as she loved it i think it kind of held her back a little bit but she came out strong on her second chances and i think if she had made it to the end she might just have won unfortunately she does not like games that involve balls. And if you've yeah. seen the season second chances you'd know why <laughs> so yeah she's uh She's got some issues with that, but 
Um, she knew about David being a returning player because they had seen each other. She was she sensed that there was going to be two more returning players, which I thought was interesting. She's already got a good read as to what's actually happening. And she looked at the fact that she's a returning player, that there are some advantages and disadvantages to it. And I think her, the disadvantages she points out are something that I have a concern for all of the returning players is that people have seen her play. They know how she plays. They know how strong she is and how she's willing to to play the game and that she's a little bit concerned about that. So I think she's hoping to switch that up a little bit and and treat her returning as a benefit for these players because they can utilize her expertise and what she's learned from the game in order to play with her. And she's also willing to play with David, which I thought was great. Yeah, you know, I mean, Kelly is the main one that I was referring to earlier about her whole bio is just amazingly funny. You already mentioned that, you know, one of her pet peeves is games involving balls. Oh, she's and so the other, funny. The other was unseasoned rice and people who think they're basically badasses. Yes. You know? And, uh, you know, then uh, the there was a question of uh, why do you think you'll survive Survivor? And she was like, well, I made it to day 38. I'm pretty sure I can make it one more day. Yes, and how about, uh, we got to mention this too, her personal claim to fame, Wentworth does not count. <laughs> and I could say it eight more times. times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was amazing. And I have to say this too. She was in um, a fantasy draft that I was in last season, and the name of her team was Wentworth does not count, <laughs> uh. <laughs> which I thought was so great. So yeah, it's, I mean, geez, the girl found two idols. Was it two in one season? I believe it was two. Mm -hmm. Um, that was obviously an incredible move when she pulled that idol out and nobody saw it coming. Just really an, a great player, just really, really a great player. And I think that it might be a problem for her because clearly people have seen her and know that she's a great player. Yeah. I mean, her name did come up uh, at least once or twice by other players on this tribe yes. saying they really like her. So, but because of that, I don't think that she'll be an early target. I think that it would get it'll give her time to get herself into a good position, which she's going to need because she has always played from the bottom. Yeah. But now she said she wants to be in control. But again, she's smart enough to say, well, I don't want to be the top person, maybe the second person. And I think that, you know, she's well set up to do that. But of course, her trimates would be crazy to let her get too far. Yes, and I think she's going to be in a very similar situation where we'll get to the merge. Now, the problem, too, is there could be a swap. And if, let's say, all four returning players magically make it and they all end up swapping and they end up together, crazy. I mean, that could happen. That would be insane. Oh, yeah. You know, but so there's so many unknowns into, you know, how the game is going to play out and, and who's going to end up where. But, yeah, if she ends up making the merge... And there's other returning players that have made the merge. I think that's really where they're going to come together and start realizing we've got to look out for each other. So, but yeah, she, it would be a ridiculous move for them to vote her out early because mm -hmm. she will certainly be an asset for them. Yeah. All right. All we're right. moving on to the next one. Yep. David Wright. David Wright. Where have yeah. I heard that name mm, before? You know, I think you might've heard it during millennials versus Jenna. Or maybe, you know, during the uh, early part of this podcast. <laughs> I was going to mention that, too. Yeah. yeah. So David Wright is 44 years old, and I love how he describes himself. 
OCD, nervous, and paranoid. And I can speak <laughs> from direct experience. Yes, that is exactly how he comes across. Uh, I do appreciate that I was too, I was included in two of his best survivor moments. <laughs> so, two of his top three. Yeah. Yeah. Two of his top three. Saving me with an idol and going to rocks. Thank you so much, David Wright. <laughs> going to rocks. But yeah, I, um, I do think that David, uh, I've described him as a Kaiser so say. He is definitely someone that used his OCD and nervousness to his benefit the first time he played the game. So I do have concerns for him that people have already seen that and he won't be able to use that to his benefit at this point because he shocked us all when he was out there playing with us because the first few days he was neurotic. He was searching for idols. He was spastic and kind of all over the place. But I think it was part of his plan. It was all part of his plan because he'd get into tribal council and suddenly he became a maniacal genius and it was a, it was a complete flip. So I don't know if he's going to be able to pull that off this time, but he does have a phenomenal plan about creating a fake soul vote advantage with the, I guess the, the theoretical power of canceling tribal council, which if he can actually find a parchment and something to write with, I don't know where that's going to come from, but that could be super fun to watch. Definitely yeah, looking I, forward to that. I, yeah, I, I think it's a great idea, but it's a lot more difficult to pull off than than just a fake idol. Oh yeah, but here's the thing with David: if anyone can figure it out, this guy, yeah, can, you know, that's like true. He, he's that's true, ridiculous, and he's been practicing fire. Now this guy is already incredible at making fire, mm -hmm. and now he can make it in under twenty seconds. He said, so that's truly impressive. Yeah, I mean, I, you know. We know David will scheme and plot. He'll make good use of idols and advantages. We know he'll do well in the social game. All of these, to me, are foregone conclusions. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have to say that if this tribe doesn't immediately vote him out, they are putting themselves in danger. I because, know, and that's what makes me so sad. Uh, because he is not like, I mean, yeah, he's been practicing puzzles and figuring out more strategies and the like, but he is not the type of person who you would look at and say, we need to keep him around for challenges like the other three returning players. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, it pains me to say this, but I think the other players have to vote him out early or else he's going to get his hooks into people and he's going to be there until they remember what a big threat he is. And by then it may be too late. If he gets to final four, he wins the game. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I believe because he will, make fire and then he'll be in final three and that'll be the end of it you know yeah. and yeah would i love to see this happen sure i would uh, you know i mean i if i already didn't love him for who he is he said that one of his pet peeves is people who believe in ghosts and psychics and <laughs> you know that, that's that's awesome and I, I mean i i do feel like he i have this vague memory that he had that in his original bio too but he, who cares i enjoy seeing it again then well, his hobby, one of his hobbies is figuring out how to live forever. <laughs> I love well, that, yeah. too. So, yeah. you know, I, I just think the others will be smart enough to not allow him to get very far. And it would not surprise me if he's an early boot for just this reason. See, and this is what I'm so worried about for him, because I want him to win so badly because I love David. I And, you know, I didn't give him the legacy, so I owe him that. 
(laughs) (laughs) He should definitely win through seasons. I know, right? So, but yeah, I do feel like, although when it comes to challenges, if he's so good at puzzles, like it sounds like he's legit been practicing and memorizing puzzles, that he would be beneficial to keep around because if he's great at puzzles, then you we all know it comes down to the puzzle. So if you've got a good puzzle maker he would be beneficial for them. So I guess we're going to have to kind of see how the, you know, first right. few days play out. But yeah, I mean, with so many like hardcore fans knowing the kind of game that David can play, I'm so worried for him. I'm so worried. Yeah. That makes me sad. All right. Who's next up in the uh, in the uh, last name alphabetical order? Well, in the last name alphabetical order, I think we have to go to Reem Daly. Okay. Now, Reem is 46. She's from Fairfax, Virginia, and uh, she's in sales. Three words to describe herself, inquisitive, tenacious, and energetic. And I do think that she's going to be she's going to be fun to watch. My social game is amazing. And although I am honest to a fault. I know when to chill. Like she just doesn't sound like a 46 year old mother of three, but uh, she does. She does seem to have somewhat of a plan coming into the game. I loved that. She said this. I don't want to be relevant. I thought that was incredible because we've already (laughs) talked about people and their big moves. And, Mm -hmm. and I want to leave a lasting impression on the game. Not her. She respects the game. And she wants to make moves, but she also understands her personality. And so I loved that, that she recognized it and was like, no, I don't, you know, I don't need to be relevant, which is great. So I think that, you know, that could work to her benefit. Also, she gets along with the younger crowd really well. And there's quite a few young people on her tribe. So that's something that um, that I think could benefit her. And she also is more interested in actions as opposed to words. You know, actions speak much louder than words in her mind, although she is worried about her own mouth. So Yes, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> yes. I mean, what did she tell E.T. Canada? She worries about her own big mouth. Uh, yes. Didn't, didn't she say she got kicked out of a gym? Yes. Uh, because she got pissed about not losing enough weight. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, she talks about all these things, but then you have this other side. I know. And, and you know, she said, something about she she thinks that people respect honesty no matter what uh, but no no they don't oh my god no, you're never gonna I'm guess sorry who whose name did i write down next to that who do you think uh, uh i don't know natalie <laughs> i wrote natalie down yes bringing yes. my big mouth she's honest she's not a good liar sometimes people right. need to hear things that no one else is willing to tell them that's what she said in one of her interviews i was and trying I'm to like, think of someone from your season no not, you know the most no recent i season, mean so. yeah but it's but yeah huh. so uh, i think that's going to be a problem for her i think yeah. that, that she's definitely going to be uh biting her tongue and not being in a good position when it comes and, to that yeah until she gets hangry uh like everybody does and uh, she can't control it and i'm afraid that her social game is going to fall to pieces and she'll be voted out at that point. Yeah, no, I definitely, I mean, I love that she said the, I don't want to be relevant. I love it, but if you can't control your own mouth, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. All right. I think next we go to Dan, the war dog, the war dog, the Silva. Yes. The war dog. This guy is a trip. 
<laughs> love him. He is so much fun. He's 38 years old. He is uh, currently living in Los Angeles. He is in law school right now, second year law student, but he's former military, which I'm so impressed with this guy's like where he's been throughout his life. I can't even I'm not going to tick off all the jobs that he's had, but he's been in the military. He's done multiple tours. Just uh, the war dog tattoo, I think, speaks volumes of of how much that mattered to him and what it meant to him. But he's he's interesting because he talks about this persona that he has because of the war dog perception of him, that people are going to look at him and they're going to to actually see something that he's not. And I, I see a very similar Tony. <laughs> so when we were talking about Tony earlier, I can see a mm-hmm. Tony. But he's he recognizes that about himself, that people will perceive him in a certain way. He's not going to let them know that he's in law school. So they won't know that he's as intelligent as he actually is and that they can kind of use him as a vote. So I think he's going to play up that, you know, Tony or Dominic aura of about himself and not let people know just how smart he actually is. And I also like his idea that really nobody cares what you do pre-merge. And that's a good thing yes. to recognize because I didn't really recognize that when I played the game. Huh. And it's a good thing to know that like, you know what, you can kind of sit back and chill a little bit and relax and kind of take everything in. You don't need to run the show too soon and you can do that later. So I think that, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be fun. He's definitely going to be fun to watch. Yeah. And I, I agree. I like that. He, you know, talked about not, you know, nobody cares if you made a big move on day six, but you know, one thing that I noticed, one of the different jobs that he had was he was a professional poker player for a couple of years. Yeah. And I I see a symptom of that when he says he's not afraid to make a big move, even if it could lead to him getting the boot. Mm. And I see that as similar to a, to a certain type of tournament play, because the big prize, much like Survivor, is heavily weighted at the top. Yeah. And so, you know, there are a lot of poker players, tournament poker players who don't just want to move up to get more money. Some do, but some want to go for the big prize in first place, even if it means possibly getting booted and getting nothing instead. And this brings us back to our big moves discussion, because the problem I see is that going for broke usually is unnecessary and leads to going broke. Mm -hmm. So, so I I worry about that for him. Yeah. But, But with that said, I feel like his strength and challenge ability will probably keep him around until, you know, that around the merge time frame. Yep. And but at that point, he's probably going to get targeted. You know, he 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 says a lot of the right things when talking about players whose games he respect the most. But he he said he's his own person. Mm-hmm. And that's great. I just don't think that person can win because he looks like too much of a threat. And I, I just don't think anyone's going to let him get to the end. Yeah, no, I mean, he's and the the other thing, too, is that military is not necessarily going to work to his benefit, because if someone is in the military, people clearly recognize that that person is strong. That person has been through hell and and come out the other side. And yeah, it's, the, it's the Ben syndrome. Yes. And so they, they're mentally strong. They're physically strong. And they and my goodness. They've they've given them their life for the country, you know, I mean, like that kind of 
person sitting in the final three. Yeah. I mean, that's not someone you want to sit next to because that's someone you want to give a million dollars to because they deserve it. So I do feel like playing up the military part of him, it's not necessarily going to help. And maybe mentioning, Hey, by the way, I'm in law school. That's probably going to not help him either. So I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a tough, it's certainly a tough situation to be in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next we have Rick Devins and he is 33 from Virginia and he is a morning news anchor. I very much enjoy Rick Devins. He has a fantastic idea. I'm going to jump right to it because I just think it's so much fun about if he's on the chopping block, just running up to somebody, getting caught and then running away. (laughs) That was genius. I'm like, why do why don't more people do that? Kind of like setting up the other person, forcing them to have to like be honest and then making it appear as if they're lying. I just thought that was so much fun. Um, He definitely seems like he's going to bring a lot of fun to the game. He's got a big personality. He realizes that he's not the most um, physically fit amongst the men, but he does plan on working with the men, which could probably benefit him considering there's a five, four advantage as far as, you know, men versus women on the tribe. But he then wants them to all target each other. So he'll focus on the men and then let them fight it out, which I thought was a good plan to have as well. And let's see, he's, but he did say he was going to try and tone it down. Because he doesn't want to be the annoying person because that's the person who gets voted out first. So he, again, he sees that in in himself that he is a little bit much. He can come on a little strong. But also, I love that he, as a news anchor, recognizes that he has an ability to meet with people like on their own turf and ask them questions and know how to connect with them and make them feel comfortable enough to answer his questions, which I thought would be a good thing for him to be able to do. He's clearly a good communicator and his whole job is, you know, reporting the news and you have to be able to build relationships and, and get people to open up to you in that field. So I think that that would be to his benefit as well in this game. Yeah. I I mean, I agree with everything you said. As soon as I, you know, started hearing him, reading about him, everything, he just seems incredibly personable. I liked him immediately. Uh, You know, and, He's a Survivor fan, even if he can't tell you what everybody did in every season. Yes, that's fine. He's still a fan. He understands the game. And I think, you know, with that combination of likability and the type of sneakiness you mentioned, I think he has a solid chance to win. Me too. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yes, I definitely. uh, Yeah, he's I I really think he's got a great shot. Plus, you read Stephen King. I mean, come on. This guy, can he get any better? I really like this guy a lot. (laughs) But yes, I I think he's definitely a contender, huge contender in my in my book, which is really bad for him then, because if I said yeah. it, <laughs> he's going to be in trouble. All right. So moving on then to Wendy Diaz, who is 25 years old from Los Angeles. She is a small business owner and she is a little bit concerned about getting too close to people. She doesn't want to be touching people, which might be problematic when you're huddled in a shelter and you're freezing cold and you're trying to stay warm. Uh, But she did do a lot of prep coming in. She's very good at swimming, rock climbing, physical fitness, but she's also afraid she's going to drown and like die out on the island. So she's kind of this mixed bag. Also, she, I think, runs at about 150 percent. 
Um, you can like <laughs> the energy level on this girl is like through the roof and you can actually like, I don't even think I could keep up with her if I wanted to. She talks so quickly and so fast. I, we might miss half of what she's saying when she's out there because it might just be too quick and, and too much. I, I'm concerned about her energy level. She seems super sweet and likable and, and just like a fun, fun person. But I'm also worried that she's going to be 150% when she's out there, super energy, super excited, and might just like wear on people very quickly. Yeah, I mean, she said she wants to go slow at the start and play a little dumb. Which, okay, that's fine, especially if she slows down from 150 to 100%. Uh, you know, but she wants to be the puppeteer while other people think they're calling the shots, which sounds just like several other players we've either already discussed or will be discussing shortly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll see if there can be that many puppeteers. You know, you got to have some puppets along the way, too. Yeah. The thing that I found interesting was that she hates quitters and says people shouldn't give up when the going gets tough. So we'll see how that plays out if she ends up on Extinction Island, you know, is, yeah, no, that's is she going to quit or is she going to tough it out? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just I'm fearful that she's just going to be she's going to be a lot for people. You know, you this is a game that. Your personality can wear on people very quickly. Even if it's not a bad thing, but if it's just too much of a thing, that could be that could wear on people. And I, that's what I worry about for her. I mean, she's very proud of of her personality. She wears a necklace that says Big Wendy. So she knows that she's got a very big personality. And I, I just hope that she can tone it down a little bit. I hope she can, because I think she'd be I think she is. a She'll be fun. She'll definitely be fun. But, yeah, it might be too much too soon, too fast. All right, so let's see. Then we have Lauren O'Connell, who is 21 years old, and yeah, she speaking is of, speaking of perky and uh, uh, and and a lot. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, so she is currently a student. Well, not currently. I, she graduated from Baylor University. She was very proud to say that seven days before she went out on Survivor. She does believe that she has an ability to endure extreme physical battles coupled with the desire to throw herself wholeheartedly into new adventures and challenging situations. Uh, she wants to be an orthodontist. She is going to be heading in that direction since she graduated from um, Baylor. If she says amazing or yeah, one more time, <laughs> I'm going to be able to handle it. Um, but she did also have a, Colby and Tina Ken and Barbie doll when she was growing up, which I thought was a, a cute little story. She's a huge Parvati fan and thought because Parvati was cute and athletic, she could be the same. I I really don't know what to make of this girl. I really don't like I part of me really likes her. And then part of me is like, oh, I don't know. Like she's clearly very smart and very athletic. But there's, but yes, there's a lot. There's a lot happening here. There's definitely a lot. Yeah. I mean, I was the same way. I, I was going back and forth, you know, just like, uh, I, 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 I don't know what to think here. Uh, you know, so, I mean, Jeff Probst told Entertainment Weekly that she is a big threat to win because she's physically fit, smart, and has an intangible likability. And yeah, that all seems true. And, and she, she told us she can be sweet and loving and she'll be adaptable, you know, a.k.a. flexible, 
to anything the game can throw at her. Uh, she says she has a plan for a spectacular social game. Yes, yeah, spectacular. She, you know, she insists it cannot be beaten, uh, which is to allow people to feel like they are in charge while ensuring that they are important, loved, and valued, all while she is masterminding moves in the background. Remember I just said we have like a whole bunch of puppeteers on mm-hmm. this season? Yeah, she's one of them. Yes. So she thinks it can't be beaten. Well, maybe not, but it can be matched, uh, you know. So, and plus, yeah, there have been other people who have tried this exact plan, and not all of them have won. So, yes, it can be beaten. Um, and she might be a little starstruck because she loves Kelly Wentworth, too. Right. So if she's on Kelly Wentworth tribe, which she is, I don't know if maybe that's going to throw her off a little bit. Who knows? Yeah. And then, you know, just one final thing that I have to say, she said her pet peeves are people who are intolerant of someone else's personal opinions and beliefs and people who choose Twizzlers over red vines. (laughs) So I'm going to double peeve her and say that she is wrong. Her opinion about red vines is wrong. I agree. Twizzlers are amazing. (laughs) Oh, and she also described herself as a three pronged threat as well, which is the same thing we talked about already with Victoria, where it's like, I appreciate people that come into this game, recognizing things about themselves and that they've got good qualities, but you also have to recognize your bad qualities. And I feel like she's someone that believes so highly in herself and, and that she's, going to be so great at this game that she might get lost because she believes that she's too good, which I'm going to go back to Rick Devins for a minute because Rick Devins said he, he hasn't set his expectations too high because that's the best way to be. If you don't set your expectations too high, then you can actually achieve more basically because you don't have these high right. expectations. Right. And I feel like that's something that might cripple her is that she has these very high expectations. So I don't know. But again, I it, she's just one of those people that I get a really hard read on because I could see her doing exceptionally well and I could see her annoying the crap out of people at the same time. <laughs> so I just don't know where it's going to fall. I really don't. Yeah, me neither. But she's it'll be it'll be interesting. So we'll see. All right. So now we're going to move on to Keith Sowell. I believe his last name. He is 19. So he is the youngest of the Survivor castaways. He is from North Carolina. He is also a pre-med student. So we have a bunch of people who are pre-med, at least two that are pre-med. One's going to be an orthodontist. We've got the law school student. We have, so we have a lot of people that are like uh, very, you know, highly educated. He said that he is going to use his age to his benefit, which I thought was interesting, kind of be like a little brother to people and almost use it to downplay himself. I don't think that he was going to really tell people he's a pre-med student, but maybe he was. I can't quite remember. I don't know if you remember him talking about that or not. No, I don't. But I do respect his approach to life. He said that he didn't have a lot of things growing up, that he really had to make things happen for himself. He's a lower class you know, black man. I wasn't nurtured to be the salutatorian of the class. I wasn't able to afford Duke University. Um, I didn't have the bloodline of doctors to show me how to succeed or the finances to take prep classes for educational opportunities. So he really had to make that happen. And I feel like someone like that has a really good head on their shoulders because they have an appreciation for where they are and how they got there. So that might bode well for him. Yeah. Now, the, the thing but, was, when I saw that, when I saw that, I was like, wait, is 
is this David and Goliath again? Because that sounds like a David story. It does sound like a David story. It really does. And so, but I'm hoping that it benefits him. But on the flip side, he's not a person who camps. He's never been camping. He's never slept outside. I don't do the whole outside thing. So I'm a little bit worried that he might be outside of his element. I know that a lot of people come out on Survivor and they, they don't, they, you know, they're not the outdoorsy type. But he was very clear that that's not something he's a fan of. So I don't know if that is going to affect his ability to play the game because it's rough out there. If it starts raining, it's cold and it's it's crappy. Let me tell you, it's real bad. But you really have to be able to to handle it. And so I don't I don't know if that's going to be an issue for him as far as the weather is concerned. And also being the youngest person, I don't know if it's going to work the way that he wants it to. I really don't. Yeah, exactly. That's what I am more concerned about. I'm less concerned about the outdoorsy stuff, more concerned about his age, because he said in interviews that he thinks he's experienced a lot for his age. And as an example, he talked about how he learned to be a social person as an RA for freshmen. And I'm sorry, but I just don't think that really covers all the bases he'll need. Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel that he's too young. I feel he has too little life experience. And, I, and no, being an RA for freshmen does not give you all the life experience you need to deal with people on Survivor. Yeah. And, you know, like so many people his age, I, he thinks he has a lot more experience than he really does. Yes. And I, I, I just I don't think he knows what he doesn't know, which is common for that age group. And mm-hmm. I should know because he's the same age as, you know, my my uh, youngest son. Well, actually. Well, yeah, I guess he's the same age. My youngest son's about to have a birthday. So, but uh, yeah, so I, I just. You that's worry what for worries him. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I worry yeah. for him too, because I feel like he might, he might butt heads with people because I, I understand this idea that he can use it to his benefit, but he's also pre-med. So the guy's very smart. So I don't know how much he's going to be able to really put that aside. Plus, he is, I believe he's a youth pastor as well. So, again, I I feel like there's just going to be this weird kind of jumble where he's very smart. He's a youth pastor. So and then he's 19. And so there's all of these things that are kind of, I think, uh, going to work against him because it's just such an interesting mix because the personality types that come with each of those things, being the youngest survivor, being a youth pastor and being pre-med, I think could end up negatively affecting him. Yeah, I agree. All right. So now we go to Chris Underwood. Underwood, excuse me. He is 25. He is from South Carolina. He's a district sales manager. And this guy is also one of my favorites. <laughs> he is so much fun. He's a door-to-door salesman, which is interesting that they still have that nowadays with Amazon and all that stuff. I was impressed. But he's like one of the top, I don't know, like he's leading whatever businesses he's in. I think it's solar. I think he's in the solar business. Okay. So he's done very well, which is great. I also love that he came in uh, to talk to Josh singing one of the wiggle room songs. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, his, he's been cursed. Hopefully he'll be singing the Why Blank Lost uh, uh, theme song too. Right. Um, And when Wiggler and he were chatting, he said that he was cursed because he's doing it for Monica, which I also appreciated yes. greatly. Um, but he did. I think this is so good of him to understand as well uh, that he's he's willing to be very flexible because he did say that people call him the golden boy and that he's got to figure out a way to bring it down a few notches and to be a seven. 
I don't want to be a superstar. I'm trying to just be a seven and have people trust me right off the get go, which I appreciate that he's recognizing this about himself and that he's trying to figure out the best way to present himself so it doesn't work against him. So I think that's a good, good idea for him coming into the game. He's, he's clearly done some self-reflection and uh, let's see what else fun things that we can mention about him. Um, Let's see. Well, you know, he, like you said, he used to be a dive instructor and he's going to be focusing on that so that he can just kind of be the nature boy, you know, making fire, fishing, building a shelter, cooking, et cetera. And he he said he expects to be safe for the first few votes. And I would agree with that expectation. Mm -hmm. But bringing it back to the golden boy thing, he's a little worried that he already has that target on his back. So, you know, he, he told ET Canada that he wants to get in an alliance with loyal people who won't vote him out right away, which of course is obviously very smart. Well, maybe he should look at David Wright. (laughs) You know, I mean, David Wright and Ken hit it off and Ken was the provider. He bring the fish and fed everyone and did all the cooking. And maybe Chris could be David Wright's new Ken. I don't know. That's but, right. Or he can be his new Chris because yeah. he has a history of uh, aligning with people named Chris. That's true. So I do think that he's he was he was a pleasant surprise for me. I wasn't expecting to really uh, enjoy him as much as I did just listening to him talk about his his philosophies on how to play the game. So it, it, he'll I think he's going to be fun. And I, I do hope it would be nice if he and, and David kind of get together. Is that the last one? That is so goodness. Look at uh, that from from the Manu tribe. Who do you think could be the first one voted out? (sighs) You know, I struggled with this. I definitely struggled because I love I love Reem. I think she's great. I'm nervous for her. It's between her and Keith, I think, is what's going to what it's going to boil down to. I put it between her and David. Really? Oh, I don't think David's going right away. Really? Well, I, I mean, I well, let me put it this way. If he doesn't go right away, I blame everyone else on the tribe. I think they have made a mistake. Well, and, you know, and here's the thing. I agree with that assessment because I've seen the guy play. And right. and I have re- and I, I love David. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love that guy. He clearly saved me. But he is someone who we were all considering for the first vote just because he was so spastic and all over the place. And we didn't know where he was coming from. And, you know, and I ended up having that conversation with him, like, I'll make a deal with you, you know, give me your idol. And he's like, I don't have an idol, you know, just turned this whole thing. But it's one of those things that he got away from all of us because he just, he got his momentum. He kept, and every day he got better and better and, his ability to play that game was so fantastic that yes, if they let him stay around too long, they're all going to be very sorry for it. But I don't think they'll vote him out right away. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. So I guess uh, we can, we can slide right into predictions and uh, start since we were just talking about who, you know, might go first from uh, the Manu tribe and we had already talked about uh, the Kama tribe. I think I'm going to go with Ron as probably the first person getting the boot overall. Really? Well, he was the first one on that tribe, so it was either him or Reem or David. So, yeah, yeah. I have to let me see. Although, um, really, when I think about it, I don't know if Joey Amazing's going to let any you know let their tribe lose. But 
it, you know, it's possible in the puzzle or something. But yeah, oh. I'm going. I'm going with Ron overall. Well, and I think I have to flip back to my picture now here, so I can look at everybody. But I, I do think that the the first tribe that's going to go to tribal council is going to be. Comma, 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 comma. <laughs> I think it's going to be, I do think it's going to be that tribe. And I think it's going to be Victoria. I, okay. I hate to say that. I think she seems like a, like a really sweet person. And I think that she's, she could bring a lot to the game, but I think that's going to be her, her problem is that she's going to bring too much to the game and there's going to be some personality clashing there. And I just, so I, I feel for Victoria. I don't know. That's just what my, my senses are telling me. That's okay, where I'm at. Here. Your spider senses are tingling. That's right. All right. So as far as a winner, now oh. I, I know that returning players often win seasons like this, but in this case, you know, I, I alluded to it earlier. I feel like the other players are smart enough to know that they need to get rid of the returnees as threats. And after going through all the players, I narrowed it down to two who I think are most likely to win. And those are Aurora and Rick. And I am really torn about which of them I should pick because Aurora seems to have more of the drive and the scheminess while Rick looks to be an excellent social player. And I, I really went back and forth on this a lot. And I, so I'm just going to go with my initial gut reaction and I'm going to say Aurora wins. <gasps> really? That's what I'm going to say. Because I'm going to say Rick wins. <laughs> ah, that's a good thing we didn't pick the same person. That's then. I was I was like, no, he can't do that to me. Ah. Yeah, that's hysterical because I, I think Aurora is awesome. I wanted to pick David and I'm going to put this out there. I wanted to pick David so badly because I want him to win. But if he does it, I agree with you. It's because everybody else screwed up. You know, if they <laughs> if they let him hang in there long enough. And if he gets to the final four, he's winning all day long. And I do think that I agree that normally one of the returning players in a season like this is is more likely to win. And I was really thinking that maybe Aubrey could pull it out because she seems to have a personality. She could mesh with people and kind of kind of work her way into the end without people really realizing who she is because of how she's going to present herself. Like, I don't think she comes across as threatening as as kelly and joe might you know just physically you know like they they have a presence about them her presence is different and like you said i think that she's coming off of a season where she wasn't kind of in control and wasn't you know about to win so that might work to her benefit so i really thought that she would potentially be able to pull it off so she's like my backup so i but i can't have a backup obviously but i just no. there's something about rick that just really i think that guy is great i just really think he would be so much fun he reminds me very much of brett and just how likable brett was even though he and i ended up not jiving that well out there he was still enjoyable and he he still is enjoyable to this day so i think that yeah his social game would would uh would get him there yeah, I'm good. It's okay. I'm I, I have a good feeling that we'll see Brett on CBS again uh, sometime soon. I, you know, I think so. I think so. so. <laughs> oh, that's so. funny. All right. So there we have it. Um, so uh, I guess as we wrap up here, I do want to remind everyone about the RHAP patron program. 
you can head over to robhasawebsite.com slash patron to help support all of the RHAP podcasts and take a look at the various Patreon levels to find out what kind of perks you can get. Uh, the one I personally think is the most important is that you can join the patron Facebook groups and, you know, be a part of the conversations. Among the people you can talk to are, well, besides us, obviously, uh, but, you know, also several former Survivor players. Now, I can't guarantee, and I've said this before, I can't guarantee that becoming a patron will get you on Survivor. But come on, look at what happened last year. So, you know, it can't hurt. That's true. Uh, another uh, perk is you can find out in advance about live events and get first access and discounts for tickets like the upcoming Know-It-Alls in Philadelphia, which was the first event, as far as I know, to sell out just to patrons before it was even open to the general public. So, you know, that's another advantage to being a patron. Uh, Rob also does special podcasts and videos just for patrons. And, you know, there's a bunch of other perks, too. So check out everything at robhasawebsite.com slash patron. And after you become a patron and get to the Facebook group, obviously make sure to say hello to us there. Yes, please do. Now it is time for a hashtag. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, you, I don't know. Let's see. I'm, it sounds terrible, but I'm, you know, you're so against David Wright, like winning. <laughs> I'm not, not against him winning. I'm in favor of him winning. I just don't think I just don't think it'll happen. Hashtag not David Wright. <laughs> no. No, that's terrible. It is terrible because I love him no, and he should win. No. And I hope all of them have their heads in the sand and forget yeah. about him. And then we see him in the finals and it will be incredible and amazing. Um hashtag boy, I don't know. Um mm. I don't really have one. Yeah, I don't either. So, I, I, you know what? Listeners, you can use a hashtag to let us know if you think either of us is right about our winner picks. Ooh, there so, you go. Uh, hashtag you, you Aurora. Can, hashtag hashtag Rick. Aurora will win or hashtag Rick will win. <gasps> there you go. Or how so, about hashtag Jessica's right? <laughs> well, see, but we already know people love to use the hashtag David, you're right. So, Ugh. you know, I mean, everybody should be using that all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> we can agree to disagree on that one. I, 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 there's nothing to disagree about. We'll just agree to agree. So uh, anyway, everyone should uh, also make sure that uh, you're ready for this season by subscribing to all the RHAP Survivor podcasts at robhasapodcast.com slash survivor or on your favorite podcatcher. Uh, so we are on that Survivor feed. We are also on the Reality TV Rehap Ups feed. And in both places, you can find all the great RHAP content like the Know-It-Alls, the Wiggle Room, the B&B, and much more. So uh, other than that, besides talking to us in the patron Facebook group, you can follow Jessica on Twitter at JessicaLewis89. I am at David Bloomberg. Make sure you follow both of us to see the whole conversation throughout the week. And you'll also see, you know, I know that, uh, Jessica, you tweeted out before, just before we started recording to let yes. people know that we were recording. It was a little I teaser. Out, little that's teaser. right. I, I tweeted out the, uh, that poster, uh, so everyone could see that. So definitely follow both of us there. Yes. And let With us know if you want the poster because we got to work that out. That's right. That's right. Uh, so 
Thanks to Scott St. Pierre, who does all the editing on the Wide Blank Lost podcast. Thanks, as always, to Will from America for the theme song. And, of course, thanks to you, Jessica, for, you know, getting this all prepared, uh, even <laughs> though you used the last names instead of the first names. Listen, you were but not you, specific in well, your apparently not. Okay? Uh, so you just said we're times? going in alphabetical order, so I yeah. assumed that meant last names. That's right, because how many times have we done this? Uh, anyway. Listen. Uh, <laughs> don't get me started I, anyway i can't get you started we're at the end no that's true uh, we but, are we're done we've been going for a long time too yes we have this is uh this is gonna be an hour and 50 minutes or so so um so we should get it wrapped up but again thanks for overcoming your dread fear of uh of making predictions Yes, and I apologize right now to Rick Evans because I have I have set the course for you in this game by picking you as my winner. Oh, and the poor guy. Yes, the poor guy. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. I hope it's not, but, you know, I'm prepared for it. I hope you are, Rick. <laughs> All right. So with that, we will see everyone in a little bit more than a week. Uh, probably a week and a half by the time uh, this comes out uh, for the first edition of Why Blank Lost for Edge of Extinction. We'll talk if to you then. Bye. A survivor and you're feeling down. David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and we'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank Lost. This is why blind lies Oh baby, this is why blind lies Okay, round two Name something that's not boring a Laundry? Ooh, a book club Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.